Thanks for listening to The Red Treehouse, where I tell scary stories to keep you up at night. You can listen to The Red Treehouse on your favorite streaming platforms, including Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Be sure to follow, like, and subscribe. Oh, and leave us a five-star review. Imagine for a moment that you've turned the lights off and crawled into bed. As you lay there, you're hopeful for a restful night's sleep after a long day. But as your eyes adjust to the darkness, you catch something out of your peripheral vision. You turn to look, but there's nothing there. Unfazed, you turn back around, only to see the same something out of the corner of your eye. You turn to look again, but like before, there's nothing there. You quickly feel the hairs on your arms stand on end. A shiver runs up your spine, and you rush to turn on the lamp, hoping whatever it is you just saw keeps its distance. For many of us, the thought of seeing a ghost is enough to scare us into sleeping with the lights on. As far back as 3,500 years ago, human beings have tried to capture evidence of ghosts, first by drawing, then by photograph. A quick Google search reveals dozens of photos used as, quote, definitive proof, end quote, of the spirit world. Some photos, like the unexpected guest, or the Amityville ghost, or the brown lady, are just downright scary. The unexpected guest was a photo taken in the 1950s, and it depicts a family sitting and smiling at a dinner table. In the upper left corner of the photo, an unexpected guest, hanging upside down. The Amityville ghost was a photo taken in 1976 by the famous Ed and Lorraine Warren. The photo claims to show the ghost of nine-year-old John DeFeo, who was murdered by a family member. The brown lady was a photo taken in 1936 and is arguably the most famous ghost picture ever taken. It shows a spectral figure walking down a staircase in Raynham Hall in Norfolk, England. In recent decades, though, technological advancements have shifted the way ghost hunters and enthusiasts search for proof. If the invention of the camera, and with it still photography, created an obsession to capture ghostly images, advancements in audio technology created a race to capture ghostly voices. What if the something you caught in your peripheral couldn't just be photographed, but also heard? In today's episode, we're going to explore the genuinely unsettling and sometimes scary world of electronic voice phenomena, or EVP. Is EVP real? And does it offer definitive proof that ghosts exist and may be all around us? even if we don't see or hear them at first. I'll present the evidence. You decide for yourself. I'm your host, Will. Welcome to the Red Treehouse.
What time is it? <laughs> Damn it! Don't hurt me. It is 9.08. Okay, okay, okay. Don't hurt me. <laughs> good evening. It is, I mean, good night. <laughs> it is 9.08. Did you catch it? Listen again. This time with your volume turned all the way up and your ears attuned to the voice of a little girl in the background. What time is it? <laughs> Damn it! It is 9.08. Okay, okay, okay. Good evening. It is, I mean, good night. <laughs> it is 9.08. The audio clip, used with permission from the Social Voice Project, features the voice of a little girl saying, quote, Don't hurt me. You're a slave. You're a slave. Don't hurt me. You can have whatever you want. Please stop. The audio is stunning in its clarity and gets more unsettling each time you hear it. The layers of voices, the uniqueness of the audio, all of it makes for a scary listening experience. But what is electronic voice phenomenon? The paranormal investigators of Milwaukee define EVP as, quote, voices captured on audio recordings that were not heard by investigators at the time the recording was made, end quote. In other words, the audio equipment picked up voices the human ear did not. What makes EVP so fascinating, at least in part, is the individuals who make these recordings seem entirely unaware of the ghostly voices captured on the audio. A large segment of the world dispels EVP as nothing more than a person hearing what they want to hear. A BBC article titled, The People Who Think They Tune Into Dead Voices, dated March 25, 2013, states, quote, The simplest explanation is that EVP voices are just stray radio transmissions. Usually, they are so faint and masked by static interference that it's hard to make out what they are saying. And the EVP investigator has to interpret them for you. End quote. Those skeptical of EVP decry it as nothing more than an overactive imagination led astray by confirmation bias. In other words, people who are listening for ghostly voices are very likely to find what they're listening for. The idea of communicating with the dead, even if in a one-way street sort of fashion, is so appealing it's possible that other more natural explanations for the voices and sounds are ignored altogether. For instance, the growl of an empty stomach in an otherwise silent room may sound like a ghostly groan. A HuffPost article titled, Recording Ghost Voices, the Electronic Voice Phenomenon, dated October 23, 2011, states, quote, Skeptics say that EVPs are interference from radio waves, CBs, walkie-talkies, cell phones, or a great number of other electronic devices. They also say that sometimes people are hearing things that just aren't here. This psychological phenomenon is called pareidolia. It is when random images or sound are perceived as something non-random. For instance, when people believe they see a face in the static of a video. It's no secret that science and the supernatural are not friendly to one another. In fact, 
Science can be described as ambivalent towards anything supernatural or paranormal. It simply cannot account for certain phenomena. But what about EVP advocates, who are convinced their recordings prove the existence of ghosts? And frankly, some recordings are simply much harder to to dismiss or explain away. Sometimes, like in the audio clip at the start of the episode, the recordings capture clear words or phrases. And at times, the EVP is in response to a direct question. According to the Paranormal Investigators of Milwaukee, there are five classes of EVP recordings. However, they only detail the top three classes on their website. What you're about to hear are three short audio clips. I'll explain the class, play the clip, then offer a brief explanation. These audio clips can be found on the website Refinery29, and I am classifying them based upon my understanding and interpretation of the clips. The first class is Class C, and it's defined as a faint or whispery voice or sound that can barely be heard. It may be difficult to understand or is unintelligible altogether. Headphones may be required to drown out other noises. The first clip contains what sounds like a variety of voices and noises. However, at the nine second mark, it sounds like a child's voice says, I can't breathe. Second class is class B, and it's defined as a voice or sound that is loud but requires some guidance as to what is being heard. Headphones may not be required depending on the person. This second clip, to me, is the scariest of the group. There are no words. You can hear what sounds like a ghost shrieking and screaming. The third class is Class A, and it's defined as a clear, distinct voice or sound that is easily understood by anyone with normal hearing and without being told what they are hearing. Headphones are not required to hear and understand the voice or sound. 
This third clip contains what sounds like a variety of voices and noises. However, at the 104 mark, it sounds like a man's voice says, back to work with me. Also, I would classify the audio at the start of this episode as Class A. If you're like me, the possibility of capturing a ghostly voice or sound on audio is intriguing. I'll admit though, I haven't mustered up the courage to try it. I'm not concerned about it not working. What scares me is that it will work and that I'll capture something unexpected. I should also admit that we believe our house is haunted by a ghost we call Henry. You'll hear more about Henry in an upcoming episode of The Red Treehouse. But let's say you've gotten the courage to set up an audio recorder to capture an EVP. What should you do to give yourself the best chance at success? Here are the do's and don'ts according to the Paranormal Investigators of Milwaukee. 1. Use high-quality audio recording devices. Avoid buying the cheapest audio recording device, if possible, since they have lower-quality microphones and produce poor-quality recordings. It appears you get what you pay for, or don't. 2. Don't whisper. Since many EVPs are whispers, it can be difficult to differentiate your whisper from a ghostly whisper. 3. Capture yourself. When speaking or asking questions, do so in a loud, clear voice. This will allow for easier differentiation between your loud voice and the often faint whisper or quiet voice heard on most EVPs. 4. Avoid loud foods. I actually mentioned this one earlier in the episode, and I find this one interesting. A noisy stomach can be loud when in a quiet space. And it is possible to misinterpret a loud, grumbling stomach for a groaning spirit. 5. Tag known noises. This refers to announcing any noises you make or hear while investigating. If you're in a live session, be sure to call out noises you can identify, since this will rule out the possibility of it being an EVP. 6. Let them answer. Avoid asking successive questions if possible. Ask a question and give uninterrupted silence to allow responses to be recorded. If you are talking, you aren't listening. And if you aren't listening, you're bound to miss something. 7. Ask a lot of questions. This one is self-explanatory. Just be sure to leave uninterrupted silence to allow for a response. Obviously, these recommendations are for those interested in trying to intentionally record an EVP. To me, though, the scariest EVPs are those that show up when a person isn't aware of what's happening. Like the photo of the unexpected guest, an intrusion by a ghost into the physical world is far more terrifying, if only because you never know when or where it will happen. I mentioned earlier that I've never had the courage to try recording an EVP. I've thought about it, and I have good quality recording equipment to do it. But for some reason, I just can't. 
That doesn't mean, though, that I haven't recorded a possible EVP by accident. I'll close today's episode by playing a short audio clip that I think may capture an EVP. Generally, I record in the morning, but last week my work schedule made it so that I had to record after 10 p.m. I've already mentioned that our house is haunted by a little boy we call Henry. And in reality, our property dates back to the 18th century. Old house, historic land, dark corners, lots of opportunities for something scary to happen. After recording episode three of The Red Tree House, I did what I always do. I went back to listen to the audio and to prep for editing and post-production. Imagine my surprise when within the first 10 seconds of the audio, it sounds like either a small child's voice or a woman's voice speaking over mine, saying, good night. There are few things more comforting than laying down in bed and getting a good night's sleep after a long day. Did you catch it? Listen again with your headphones turned up and your ears attuned to the words, good night's sleep. That word night sounds unusual. There are few things more comforting than laying down in bed and getting a good night's sleep after a long day. I don't know what to think about this. Like some EVPs, it could have been interference in the mic, radio waves, or just a glitch in my recording software. And truly, I'm not sure what to make of other EVPs. But that's the beauty of these conversations. Sometimes science, logic, and the rational mind can't make sense of the strange, even scary experiences we have. It still leaves us with these questions. Is electronic voice phenomenon real? And does it offer definitive proof that ghosts exist and may be all around us, even if we don't see or hear them at first? Or are EVPs simply a form of confirmation bias? A person hearing what they want to hear. I've presented the evidence. You decide for yourself. I'm your host, Will. Thanks for joining me in the Red Tree House.